0: Hey, gents, welcome back to Apex Masculinity. You're in the right place. I'm your host, Nick Chantos. Guys, just want to do a little something different today. Just kind of have like a fall of 2021 recap. Um, Little gratitude session on Thanksgiving morning as we publish this episode. Kind of take a few minutes and just go over the last several months of podcast episodes. And some of the really good stuff that the guests have brought out, as we've talked about personal growth and development and what it means to them and uh, what it means for me, Um, these last few episodes were fantastic uh, in the sense that I got a lot of encouragement out of them. Like I was edified. I was strengthened. I was given clarity. I was given direction. I was given tools that I can now begin to implement into my life. To make my trajectory of becoming a more successful, grounded, influencing man better for me. For the people that I love and care for. So we'll just get right into the gratitude real quick. Obviously today's Thanksgiving, I got the day off. Hallelujah, real excited about that. Because it's freaking cold up here in North Dakota. Just so you guys know, I'm actually trying to close this window in my little podcast office even more because there's a draft coming in, but <clears throat> negative six with the wind chill. So, wherever you are, I hope it's sunny. I hope it's warm. One of our fellow employees is down in Florida for vacation right now, and he better come back sunburnt. That's all I'm saying, or we're going to have words. <laughs> no, but things are good, man. <clears throat> Had a great morning session over a cup of coffee with my wife. She lets me vent my frustration. Discipline and habits are the big thing in our house right now. Because I just feel like if we can get ourselves to a place where not not even these monumental goals that we set for ourselves, but these daily ones. Like these daily goals that we set for ourselves for the way we eat, the way we take care of ourselves, the way we spend or not spend, save our money, the way we treat people, the way we treat ourselves our exercise, you know, books we're reading, different things, these different like daily markers that we have that give us an indication that we are actually being successful. So this conversation actually opened up a whole second conversation about what is really going on when you and I set goals, like is it just because we want to eat better? Is it just because we want to you know, say that we got up and, you know, did such and such thing, had a green smoothie, went on a 20-minute jog, went and pounded the weights and did our workout or, you know, read this many chapters of a personal growth and development book that you're into or had this much connection time with your kids. What is it, what are we really trying to do? Just establish the self-discipline? Why are we doing that? why is it so important for us to establish the self-discipline of doing the goals that we've set for ourselves on a consistent basis is it for ego for glory is it because when we're not hitting those goals or working towards those goals we feel unfulfilled unsuccessful unproductive is it because we've realized that there is a tremendous boost to our confidence as men as people when we actually set goals for ourselves not only the epic ones but the daily ones and we start systematically achieving those goals have we realized that it begins to build a set uh, a robust sense of confidence within us as a man that says the things that i determine i achieve I am not just ice skating through life like a leaf blowing on the wind, dealing with whatever tragedies or blessings come my way from day to day. I'm not planning anything. I'm not working towards anything. Like, just ice skating through life. Why do we feel the need as men to be able to say, what I determine, I do. Why is that important? I think it does build a great sense of confidence within us as men. Not only that, I think it sets a great example for the people that are growing up underneath us to not be lethargic, to be focused, to get those little accomplishments under our belts every day, because it affects the entire rest of the day, does it not? I mean, you get up in the morning, And you take care of your physical appearance. You take care of your possessions. I mean, and and this is going to sound really simple, but remember, I mean, I'm trying to reach, I'm trying to reach real people here where you get up and you take care of your hygiene and you make your bed and rather than wait till the weekend when you, have six or seven loads of laundry that you need to catch up with in your household. Like as soon as your laundry basket's full or someone's laundry basket's full, like you stop midweek and do laundry. That way you're maintaining these things throughout the week. You know what I'm saying? Like you're delegating responsibility to your kids like so that it doesn't all fall on you. Like it does something inside of us. And when our confidence levels are boosted, Here's the next reason why we do this. We know that we become more successful in life. Confidence and success are tied together. When we have no sense of self-confidence, self-esteem, self-image, or self-worth, we're hard-pressed to find somebody in that mindset that ends up being successful in life. And when I say successful, I'm talking about in their career, in their finances, and the way they manage it, in their relationships, in their love life and romance, in their parenting skills and strategies, in their personal physical health, all of it. Someone that has no confidence isn't successful. And the greatest quote that I ever heard that speaks to this was on the Knowledge for Men podcast. and. Andrew Farabee had a guest on, and the quote was, We will seldom succeed past our level of personal growth and development. Your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal growth and development. So for me, as I begin to gain these accomplishments, these things that I determined to do, it makes me feel more solid as a man, that I'm not just a slave to my flesh, that I'm not just, that, 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 that my flesh is in control and what seemed like a good goal this morning, now it's later on tonight and I'm tired, all of a sudden doesn't seem like a good idea. No, the goals that we set for ourselves in those moments where we know it's the right thing, it's always the right thing. If you wake up in the morning and tell yourself you're not going to drink because it's the right thing, then on your way home from work when you're exhausted and it's been a long day and you're frustrated and tired, guess what? Not drinking is still the right choice. If getting up in the morning and having a green smoothie and going for a jog so that you can keep your, you know, your physical health and wellness in good shape seemed like a good idea and you did it, Guess what? Coming home from work later on in the evening and sitting down to like some just like garbage American diet food that we have, like that's, that's not a good idea. We get ourselves in this place where, you know, our flesh can lie to us, try and trick us. Our mind can do the same. And it knocks us down and knocks us out from our goals and a few days will go by and we won't hit these mile markers or these goals that we've set for ourselves. And then we begin to feel like garbage because we can't even keep these basic goals that we have for ourselves. And that only adds fuel to the fire of keeping us pressed down. This is a psychological game and don't think for a second that it isn't. Now, depending on how you see yourself in the game certainly determines How much fun or lack thereof you'll have on your journey to becoming a better man. But listen, I wasted two decades in and out of prison, banging dope, bottle to bottle, dope bag to dope bag, relationship to relationship, job to job, with no self-confidence, self-esteem, self-worth, self-image, or self-identity. Nothing in me was ambitious. Nothing in me wanted to be successful, or he believed that I could be successful for sure. Then I had a life-changing moment happen a couple decades ago when I got out of prison the second time. I was ready to make some changes. But along the journey, I've noticed this innate inability to finish what I start, right? Now, that's changing, We're progressing on that. Years ago, it was not the case. I mean, there was actually, uh, between you and I, uh, a moment where a few months ago, I was actually surprised that I've stuck with the podcast and hadn't jumped on some other train to go chase something else. But I really feel like I found my niche. And uh, Yeah, there was a time in my life where there was no discipline There was no self-discipline and my life suffered because of it and the minute that i started getting some self-discipline under my belt it began to boost my confidence and it began to boost the levels of success that i have in multiple different arenas of my life personal growth and development is a good thing it's you believing that you deserve better And it's you being willing to do the work to achieve and become better and to influence better. And that is a good thing. So real quick, and again, this is just a casual Thanksgiving episode where we're going to kind of weave in and out of traffic here, so to speak. I'm pulling up my phone right now because I wanted to share with you guys one of the reviews Excuse me. That was left on my podcast. It was really encouraging. Give me just one second here and I'll get it pulled up. All right. See, I wish I knew these people. I really do. I wish these people would reach out and not think that because I'm asking them to reach out. I want to sell them life coaching or a book or something like that. Like I'm really just trying to like make friends and. And uh, establish relationships with people where people can, where we actually both can be mutually encouraged by the relationship. But So this one's Patience Builds Kindness, came in last Saturday. And it says, this is changing my life. Listening to every episode. Wish you were my dad or wish my dad was as raw and real with himself as you are with you. I appreciate you. Once I've listened to all of your podcasts, I'll send you an email. Thank you so much. Keep fighting the good fight. You're making astronomical changes on this planet. Thank you. Man, that was very heartwarming and very humbling to read that the other day when I was checking out my reviews, which I don't do often. But, you know, once a month, I'll go in there and make sure nobody said I was a quacker. <laughs> <laughs> that they threw up in their own mouth while they were trying to stomach listening to my podcast. But uh yeah, no, it's good. I also want to give a shout out. Oh, let me grab this stupid phone again to the ladies that actually listen to the podcast. When I pull up my podcast platform here, and again, no guest today. Just kind of wandering a little bit. I want to go over some things I'm thankful for. Um, so it tells me on my anchor platform, it'll tell me like which how many episodes have been downloaded per episode, it'll give the uh audience details graphic region. And we want we've gone over these and they'll jump, they'll jump every, uh every couple months, you know, we got people listening in Qatar and Luxembourg, Jamaica, Ukraine, Haiti, Taiwan, Puerto Rico, Singapore, I got I got one in Romania because I know Lucia had to listen to that episode that we did to make sure it was good. And Lucia, if you're listening, it was fantastic. I got so much good stuff from you that we're actually going to recap and go over this morning. Uh, Guam, Norway, United Kingdom. And oddly enough, oddly enough, it would be safe to assume that the United States is where the most uh, populated area of the world is listening to my podcast right it's at 76 percent. so 76 percent of the downloads for apex masculinity podcast are coming from the united states okay but let me ask you this because i wouldn't have guessed this where do you think number two in nations um hitting at 12 downloads is coming from if you had to guess i'll give you a second we're not going to play any jeopardy music or anything like that but Oddly enough, it's Kenya. Twelve percent of the listening audience is in Kenya, and that's kind of mind blowing because I know they don't speak English over there. But I mean, I know that all over the world, people are learning to speak English because you know it's it's like the commerce language of the world that we live in today. Just like, just like Latin was back in Roman times. But Australia's Australia's coming in at three percent, Canada coming in at two, and then the rest is just spread out pretty evenly over the rest. But um, being listened to on Apple podcast at 47%, Spotify 29, and a couple other ones. Average age demographic of people that listen to apex masculinity is between the ages of 28 and 34. However, we have some people in the fifties range and, uh, no one under 17 apparently. And, uh, I guess they're just not ready for this yet. Right. <laughs> But uh, let's see. All right. This is the last one I wanted to go over. And this is the whole reason I even brought all of this up. But 87% male target audience, 9% female. And I just wanted to take a moment and thank the ladies that listen to the Apex Masculinity Podcast. Because I know that the name of the podcast itself Um, would almost seem to uh, ostracize or isolate demographics, but the tactics, the strategies, the tools, um, the obstacles even that we all go through are shared universally across all genders. You guys just know that I'm I I, I I came from an eight year meth addiction with needles. I came from a pornography addiction. I came from an alcohol addiction. I came from a place completely devoid of self-worth and self-image. I came from two trips to prison and I remember being surrounded by men in that prison that were stuck just like I was. And that's my mission field, man. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not high ticket items, you know? Um, Although I do have some plans, I was actually doing some research for like in-person uh, live events, actually, um, trying to figure out how to put all of that together and doing some like webinar events and stuff like that. I've already been visiting with some people about <clears throat> a couple of different coaches getting together and putting together some like 20, 30 minute just like monologue bullet point topics on personal growth and development that are specific to that coach or to that person and getting them all packaged together and getting it you know, posted up on Facebook and a couple other social media sites so I can begin to develop and hone that next level of the craft because that's where I see myself. I see myself speaking on stage to uh, large groups of people that... Um, Not for my own ego, but people that are stuck or people that are looking for uh, a, a shining example of not perfection, but someone that's walked that road and pulled out and built themselves an amazing life, which I believe I have and I believe I'm continuing to do. I see myself surrounded by other people on that stage that have also built for themselves amazing lives that have gone through the fires of life and have dealt with tragic and horrendous and you, know, you name it kind of things, but they didn't let it stop them. They didn't let the worst of life bring out the worst in them and thus give them the worst kind of life that they could possibly have. I wanna surround myself with people that are learning to leverage the tragedies for the triumph, so to speak. And uh, I wanna build a brand. I want to see Apex Masculinity become um, a household name, so to speak, for that niche of people, guys that are just getting out of prison, guys that are, you know, trying to get off drugs and alcohol, guys, you know, that have some other nasty habits they're trying to kick and get rid of, guys that don't have any sense of self-worth or self-image or self-esteem, and it affects the way they live. It affects their performance levels at work. It affects, you know the quality of the relationships that they have with their significant others and whatnot. And, and, and I'm tired of that. It doesn't have to be that way. You know, I'm kind of going out on a limb here. And, and again, this episode, I'm, I'm, I'm half tempted to title this episode about nothing because we're not really, we're not really going anywhere specific guys, but I, I just want to let you know that I, I had a conversation with a guy at work and um, you know, <clears throat> the guy's had a rough life, man. You know, he was, he was, he was abandoned early, ended up in foster care, was adopted. Um, but because he had ADHD and was kind of a rambunctious and inquisitive kid and liked to get into things and get into trouble at the age of 12, his adopted parents took him back to the orphanage and dropped him off, you know? So not only rejection once, but rejection twice, you know what I mean? And you know, in and out of trouble as a youth and, you know, trying to figure out who he is and like struggle with self-identity because he's not even sure who or where his parents are. And then he finds them again later on in life. And, you know, there's lots of drug and alcohol problems in his family. And someone very close to him was um, was was killed in a, in, in, a, in a tragic car accident. And uh people that should support him and love him and care for him he was telling me the other day that 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 people in his family talk down to him and 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 treat him like he's garbage still and and he's a grown man in his 20s you know and he's pulled away from all of that and come up to north dakota and got himself a good job in the oil fields and he's making money but there's a lot of struggles there's a lot of dark corners and dark recesses and a lot of as Candace Smiley shared on the podcast a lot of monkey voices that are really loud in his head you know and uh that's who i'm after man i'm after guys like that that are going to that are either going to continue on that trajectory and waste another decade or two living a bottom shelf life and i'm not apologizing for saying that anymore it's time to own it you know what i mean it's time to own an unfulfilled life and call it for what it is okay Guys that don't have, um, not this kid in particular, but, you know, guys out there that don't know don't know what work ethic is. You know, they don't know how to work hard. They don't know how to make a name for himself. You know, they go home and they medicate their internal pain by getting drunk and binge-watching Pornhub every night. Like, that's where they're at. And they get up every morning ashamed and regretful of the actions from the night before and do their best to hang on. Or they have some type of... Um, loud um, character, mannerism, coping mechanism that's really just a defense mechanism for the fact that they feel like shit inside because they're not living their full potential. They're not living the life they want. And they know that. And that's who we're after. So anyway, just chased a hardcore rabbit trail there. Thankfully, I have a pen with ink in it. Going back to why we even discussed that, I wanted to thank the women who tune in, because even though you guys know I'm after after those guys that are hurting and struggling, Um, I I send copies of my book to women's prison. I sent one out to another one out this week to a women's prison in California, because again, the principles are the same, and I want to see women succeed. I want to see men succeed. I want to see both women and men that have gone through some tragic stuff learn how to leverage that tragedy and build for themselves an amazing life find true love find purpose find passion uh find wealth and success not out of a sense of greed but out of of a sense like if you want to get up every morning and like go get yourself a, a, a cappuccino or a latte like you're not counting pennies to do it like you have money like you have vegetables in your fridge. You're not, you're not eating garbage and ramen noodles all the time. Cause you're broke. Like you have a quality life all around. You have like a safety rated vehicle that you have like really good insurance on. And like, you know what I mean? Like you're living, you're living a great life. Like you, you got it boxed in and you're doing well, you know, not living in a trailer somewhere, you know, surrounded by meth dealers and crackheads and you know pit bulls and you know it stinks outside because they don't come and dump the garbage or you know what i mean or just whatever the case may be you know what i mean like i want to see you but you won't leave because you can't see yourself in your own mind ever coming out of that like for you that's your life and that's normal you know because that's what you grew up in that's what you were taught was acceptable that's what you believe the cap on success is for you. And I'm here to tell you today that there is no cap, except the cap that you place upon yourself. And I want to see you level up and evolve. And I and I want to hear about it. And I promise I don't say that because I'm trying to, I'm trying to sell a product here, guys. Life coaching is out there, man. Like, there, you know, there's a thousand and one different people out there that have a thousand and one different angles. And different tactics to offer life coaching to people. I just like getting on the phone with people and helping them see clearly through some things. I like doing it, and I like I like i like I like being able to get it for myself. I like doing it for other people, and I like to be able to get it for myself because it offers you clarity. It affords you clarity. It affords you an angle that maybe you didn't see, you know. And uh, it's a good thing. So thanks to the ladies that chime in, we appreciate that. Um, been a great year for the podcast. Started in August 2022. Herbs, right? <laughs> is he drinking already? No, sorry. August of 2020 is when the podcast started. No, we're not drinking them. Anyway, it's too early for that. <clears throat> right? We started the podcast in August of 2020. And uh, although there is turkey cooking down the hall, so my wife's out there getting down. And I told her, I was like, look, you don't have to do that this year if you don't want to. Like, you know, she's busy teaching. I'm busy in the old field. The kids are busy. Like, you know, I mean, but, but this is important to her. My wife is incorporating all of these, like, ceremonial ritualistic things that went on in her childhood at her house She's like bringing them into our home, you know, and I'm like, it's really nice. I really love it, but I don't want her to think that I expect it or whatever. Like I tell my wife, you don't ever have to have dinner on the stove when I get home from a late night at work. If it's there, cool. If it's in the microwave waiting for me, cool. If it's in the fridge, cool. If it's not there at all, like I can live on peanut butter and jelly toast and a glass of milk for the rest of my life. I have no problem with that. That's like one of my finer meals, you know. But she's out there just getting after it, man. I suspect it's gonna be a really awesome uh meal. And I look forward to after this podcast, going upstairs and uh, playing some family games with the kids. We got this game that we play called Liar Liar or Liar. And it's a card game. It's pretty cool, man. If you haven't, if you haven't played it, check it out. It's real fun, real fun for the kids. But uh yeah, so let's review. Man, we're hitting 30 minutes almost already. So um maybe i'll just stop recording this one and we'll just lead right into another one so what i definitely wanted to do on this podcast was just recap some of the stuff that we've gone over over the last few months now, you guys remember like when i started the podcast in in 2020 um it it was slow going you know right you're a brand new podcaster you got You know, you call all your friends and family, you know, and you get six downloads that week and you're like, wow, man, I'm famous. (laughs) Right. And then, you know, another week goes by and you put a couple more downloads and you put put another episode or two out. And, uh, you know, now you got 20 downloads and you're like, wow, this is really cool. I'm enjoying having having some type of impact, you know, and then some someone tells a friend. Right. And then all of a sudden your podcast analytics will tell you there's a new unique listener other than the eight people that normally do, right? And then you're like, oh, wow, that's cool. And then someone you don't know leaves a review. And you're like, wow, I don't know this person. Like, you know, my mother-in-law left a review and it was a genuine because she likes the show, but I don't know who this other person is. And then there's another one. And you're like, wow, like, I don't know these people. Like, I, like, I almost want these people to like send me an email again not because i'm trying to sell them anything but i want to thank them for leaving the review right so uh then you start doing a little research on facebook and you know google about how to boost your podcast and different things like that and you join these facebook groups and these podcast boosting groups where they teach you all this stuff and how to find watering hole facebook page groups so to speak or whatever they call them and you start advertising your podcast out there on different sites and in different places. And, you know, I got this really cool apex masculinity defeat self-sabotage decal in Chrome up on the back of my lifted pickup truck. So I'm advertising as I'm going down the road and 20 episodes turns into 200 and 200 turns into 2000. And, you know, we're just kind of plugging along as we do this. And I told myself in the beginning, man, if I ever, because they have this, Everybody loves money, right? So let's not even pretend that it's not an issue or whatever, but like people can monetize their podcasts, right? So you can do, and and I'm probably going to start doing this after the first of the year, like really taking this a little bit more seriously and taking it to the next level. But you can uh, add a support tab to your podcast and people can like contribute 99 cents a month. Or if you do advertisements for anchor or make yourself available by adding an advertisement spot to your episode as you're building it, uh, advertisers will reach out to you, and you can, you know, speak about their products for 20 seconds or 30 seconds or whatever. And if you get a thousand downloads on your podcast with that advertisement or that sponsorship on there, it's like 17 bucks for every thousand you get. So you could quick, you could see how quickly someone become, someone could become just like immensely wealthy. <laughs> That's $17 for every thousand downloads that you get. Right. I mean, we're talking 170 bucks for every 10,000 like uh, right. So then you end up doing this thing where you got like five or six different advertisements on your podcast because you know, you're getting greedy and you're trying to do all the, I don't, I'd say that was never the plan for me was to never do that. And I'll quite honestly, my own probably lingering, let me fix my, uh, let me fix my pop filter here. My own lingering, um, uh, self-limiting voices that I deal with probably told me that I would never hit a thousand downloads on the podcast, but we've gone that and we've surpassed it by far. So we might be making some changes with that. I can do an anchor sponsorship on my podcast and we'll run the support tab and all that stuff as we break into the new year. I got two weeks coming in December for vacation and I'm gonna go sit on my mother-in-law's couch, eat her food and terrorize her Specifically for the two weeks that were there and I'm looking I'm really looking forward to that and I'm also going to get up in the morning and really start vamping up my website for the apex masculinity website and the apex masculinity podcast because it's time that's where we are and you know if this was a passing fad or a passing fancy it would have come and gone already because we all have those right those little butterfly ideas that come to us but no this has turned into an amazing podcast um And yes, I can dote upon myself a little bit. And the reason I can say that and actually not feel like I'm being arrogant is because what's making it amazing now is the guests that I'm having on the show. Experts in their space, people that have done the work, gotten the certifications, gone through the fires, gone through the trials, done the work on themselves and pulled out and built something amazing. And now they have something to share. And with that... As a perfect segue, let's go right into the recap. So the first guest that we had on the show was Joel Hassenritter with uh, ULA Life Coaching. And uh, I'm sorry, Wayfinders for Life is his website and where you can find him. But he's a certified ULA Life Coach. And I go back and I listen to these episodes, guys, because I tease out something different each time. And he was talking about transition, like getting to a place where... Things are going on in your life, and now you know it's time for change, right? And I remember specifically asking him about the change that took place in his situation, specifically where him and his wife had decided to move from back southeast where they were to Phoenix, and how there was apprehension from that. And, you know, that questioning, like, is this the right move? And, you know, we're getting away from family, and we're getting away from our support pillars, and... know we're reinventing ourselves so to speak but something in the gut is saying that this is what we need to do like it's time for this um and he talked about having to sell his business and um sell their home and all that so you're basically reinventing yourself and i think there comes a place in life where we have to make that evaluation and go you know what it's time to rebrand or reinvent you know what i mean if if and 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 I don't think there was anything necessarily wrong with their their life back southeast. I think they had just gotten to a place where it was just time. Like you get to a place where it's time to reboot, rebrand, revamp, level up, step up, and like go with what your gut's telling you and go through some of these more serious transitions. And he also talked about like being steadfast during the transition. Because if you guys remember on that episode, he had talked about they had made the commitment to come out to Phoenix and the job that he was going to get when he got here fell through and didn't work out. The people that were going to buy their house right before they moved out, their financing fell through and it didn't work out. So there was these obstacles and these hurdles and these challenges that were placed in the way or on the path in front of them, so to speak, as they were in the process of this transition of this rebranding, if you will. And I think that's, for me that's always that moment where i analyze those obstacles and i go okay is this a no from the universe or is this a hurdle that's meant to like stretch me and prepare me and strengthen me as a man or as a person so that when i get where i'm going like 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 i'm stronger right you guys get that right your muscles have to like stretch like when people work out and build muscle mass they're tearing the fibers of their muscles. Like they're actually tearing them, right? And that's why they're eating protein and all that stuff to rebuild them. And when they rebuild back, they come back stronger. I mean, you guys get the idea, but we talked about those hurdles that are placed in the way and being steadfast and saying, you know what? Like my gut is still telling me this. This is not a no from the universe. This is what we're meant to do. This is what we're supposed to do. There's gonna be obstacles. See the obstacles as launching pads to launch us further into our destiny and further into our success and and, and where we're going and what our purpose in life is. It was good stuff. The hurdles test the faith. They test the resolve. They test our courage and they test the success. How bad do you want it, so to speak? We also talked about balance and balance meaning in all arenas or all areas of life that all arenas would be treated with equal importance and tended to with equal obligation and responsibility. And if you guys remember on that episode, I was talking about how as men, I think we find it easy to, to be honest with ourselves and say, okay, you know what? I'm a grown man and I'm a grown ass man and I don't need to lie to anybody and certainly not myself. So I'm going to do some self analysis. And I realize I'm staring in the mirror at myself and I realize that, you know, my parenting skills, so to speak, or my ability to connect with my kids, so to speak, is waning or not what I'd like it to be. And rather than like taking the energy and focusing the energy to become better at that or in that arena, what we'll do is we'll concentrate on another arena of life as men and go full bore, full bear, right? And I find myself doing that on occasion just to give myself some sense of self-confidence or a boost of self-confidence to say, you know what, I may be not doing so well in these other areas, but at work I'm a beast, I'm making money, like we're satisfying clients, you know, meeting meeting demands, meeting needs, satisfying clients, like our company right now in the Bakken here in North Dakota has has surpassed by far all other companies that do what we do. And that is a fact. There are other competitors out there and no, it's, it's not because Nick Chanto showed up just a few months ago. (laughs) No, that'd be really cool if I could put that, put that badge of honor on myself, but no, we, we just had i I'm going to call it divine providence, but a lot of people came together all at one time from management all the way down to really build a solid outfit. And, Yeah. So we're moving forward. But again, I digress. Um, We talked about balance. We talked about uh, realizing that if we don't see those out of balance areas and work on them and give them some focus and attention, that they're going to balloon into something catastrophic later on in life where you wake up and your kids are gone and you realize that it's time you can't get back. And the investment in self-discipline, self-love and self-care to them, you didn't do and now your kids just kind of live like vagabonds without any responsibility, without any ambition, you know, without any religious views or preferences that maybe you would have liked for them to consider having when they become adults. And it's really brought some perspective for me. And again, I I say it again, like these episodes have spoken volumes to me in my own personal walk about what's important. So we talked about balance. Uh, And it was all good stuff. It makes you question what's important. You know, the balance issue spoke to hard choices and and hard consequences. Because, again, I kind of promised myself I wouldn't go on a tirade about my highly taxing oil field job anymore. But I think there comes a time and a place where you have to say, whatever industry you're in as a man, is it taking up too much of your time? and you have to decide to pull back or dial it down. Now that's a big deal because it's a hard choice, right? That is a hard choice that we as men have to make because there are hard consequences that follow those hard choices, right? So if I'm making a tremendous amount of money in the oil field and able to provide a very high quality of life for my wife and kids, but I'm realizing that I'm negating time with them And I want to downsize my career so that I have more time, not only for them, but maybe for my own personal health and wellness, Uh, maybe to study some things that, like, I find important, you know, some personal self-care time, it could quite easily turn into a serious pay cut, which the consequences trickle down, right? Which the pay cut, quite honestly, means a reduction in the quality of life, so to speak, from that aspect, you know, like, do we have to sell a vehicle now? Um, how is it going to affect the fridge, Uh, you know, the vacations that we take twice a year, or whatever the case may be, you know, you have to weigh all that out, and I know that might seem like trivial, going on vacation twice a year or whatever, but you know it's going to affect your life, and you don't want to get into a situation where you become so financially impoverished that you can't enjoy the time that you've bought for yourself because you're so stressed out about your money that it's the only thing that consumes you so guys this is this is a this is a serious work like we cannot ice skate through life you have to sit down and like add up your bills you have to add up your wages you have to add up your prospective wages you have to factor in a lot of information financially and have a budget and like a plan so to speak so that you can make the best or better choices you have to stick to the plan you have to be disciplined all of these things and this is where we move from again substandard as we speak about in the book to apex because substandard people don't manage their finances they just live they're impulsive they don't manage their health. They, they don't, they just eat what's there. They don't like try to be proactive in the way they eat. They don't exercise. They just come home and, and check out on the couch and let the kids play video games in their room until it's time for bed. And, you know, maybe they spoke that evening. They're not trying to actively parent. Substandard people like don't date their wives. Don't like take the time to invest in their marriages or those relationships. Substandard people just are. They just they're just alive. They can be wonderfully nice people like it's no it's no check against their, uh, you know, their character or their integrity. I mean, they uh, they could be honest. They could be the kind of people that don't steal. They could be the kind of people that conversate well and and even have compassion about other people, but they don't have the ambition or the or, or the level of like self love or self ambition to take themselves to the next level and if that's where they are that's fine but that's not where i want to be because i realize that there is a huge pie out there and it's not a i think the i think the term i'm using is a some 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 game or end game or whatever that is where in order for one to win someone else has to lose like success is not like that for me to become successful in life isn't taking that success away from someone else it's not like there's only one of them. And either me or that guy is going to get success. Success is this huge pie. It's this huge thing in the ether, like that cells that duplicate and replicate, like in your own body, just like constantly, it's just duplicating and replicating itself. And it's stuck there in the ether. And it's there waiting for people to just go and get it. And when you grab a chunk of it and pull it out of the ether, it just reduplicates itself, the piece you pulled off. Like it's there, success, happiness and fulfillment. Willpower, self-discipline, determination, goals, goal setting, goal achieving, like self-confidence boosts like money. It's, it's, it's all out there. Anyone can have it. I want you to have it. I want to have it for myself. We also talked about the way we speak to each other, like self-talk. And the phrase that he put out there really stuck with me. It was, if those are not the words that you would speak to someone else, they have no place in your self-talk vocabulary. But we do this, don't we? Like, look at ourselves in the mirror put our heads down after an epic blowout and go, you fucking dumbass. This is who you are. This is who you'll always be. Why are you even trying? Why are you even bothering to try? Because you're a moron. Anybody been there? Like my hand's up. Like you can't see it because we're in podcast land. But my hand was up, yo. Yo because I have a tendency to talk to myself like that. But you know what, it's comes. it got to come to an end, right? I think you can deal with yourself. I think you can um, take yourself to the woodshed, so to speak, when you have an epic blowout. I think we just need to be guarded with how we use our words because I would never speak to my son that way. If I was gonna address an epic blowout in character or behavior with my son, I would speak to the issue but then i would quickly speak to what i want for him better like here's what you did here's where we want to be right i want to see you successful i want to see you making good choices i know you can make good choices i know you can be successful i know you can win in this arena and we're going to keep trying until we win we're going to get this we're going to win because we're winners And then you shake his hand, tell him you love him and walk away. Right? And it was a good talk. He didn't feel like you beat him down. He didn't feel like you abused him or like demoralized him. That's how we need to speak to ourselves. You know, if you got if you got to go stand in the mirror and be like, look, dude, why did you do that? Again, (laughs) why did you do that? Just be careful with the words that you speak to yourself because... The neural pathways in our brain are developed by the information that we gather through our physical and emotional senses. Everything that you feel, everything that you see, everything that you hear specifically, but also things that you touch and that you taste, develop the neural pathways of your brain. And when you are constantly speaking to yourself negatively, You are building new neural pathways. The reason you're speaking to yourself negatively is because the neural pathways in your brain are making you speak that way. But when you speak that way, you are just creating new neural pathways that reinforce and cement that idea and that tactic in your own brain. Because as you're speaking it, you're hearing it again. And negative self-talk has to come to a stop. Right? No one's perfect, bro. No one's perfect. You know what I mean? Like there was a time in my life when I like I didn't even cuss like for a lot of years. I didn't even cuss. And I think, man, I got this under control. Finally, you know, like this isn't this isn't an issue for me. It used to be when I was, you know, in my 20s, it was a big deal. And there was like years and years that went by in my 30s where I didn't even cuss. And then one night I stubbed my toe. (laughs) Coming back from the bathroom in the dark, right? stubbed my toe on the bed frame and guess what my father came out of me instantly right (laughs) like right now you know like we're all capable of failure we're all capable of you know having moments like that it's really just perspective bro and if you can see yourself on the journey to becoming a better man then those epic blowouts bro you can almost get to the place where you just laugh them off you know like i'm not saying we treat them commonplace like it's no big deal you know, because if you let yourself go enough, you know what I mean? Then you're right back to where you started, you know. And you you take off that apex coat and hang it up in the closet, you know, and you start grabbing for those substandard sandals, you know, in the bottom of the closet there to get them on your feet, you know what I mean? Because you're gonna you're gonna be head down loathsome with it. And we don't want that. You know, we wanna deal with ourselves as we need to, but deal with ourselves in a positive way. So then we got into uh my gosh, this might end up being a two-hour episode because I have so much so much material I want to go over, guys. But you can listen to it in pieces. I mean, I know that's how I am. I listen to him in pieces, as you can or when you can. Just pause it and pick it back up wherever you are. But he also went into fear. These were the ULA, these were the ULA blockers that are part of the coaching program that he's with. And we were able to touch on him a little bit. I just wanted to go over them again. We talked about fear being that blocker of you, you know, living that, That, as he said, Ula life, you know, that apex life, that better life, that great life that, that, you know, you deserve and that you want and being afraid, you know, sometimes you have to take a risk, right? Right. I remember the first time I moved my wife and my kids out of that quiet little sleepy town in Colorado that she grew up in, right? And she's the baby. She's a mama's and a mama's girl, right? Right. And, uh, you know, and I can't blame her, you know, for being weary because it had been a rough couple years there of just just weird stuff. You know, you ever have one of them seasons where it's like, what now? Like, are you serious? This? Like, <laughs> really? Like, we got to deal with this now, you know, and then, you know, dealing with your own self and, you know, your own blowouts and your own success journey that you're working on. But um, I had told my wife, I was like, look, I cannot explain this to you, but I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that we are supposed to leave this town and go somewhere else. I didn't know where. I didn't know how I was gonna, all I knew, like my gut was just screaming at me. It was in my head, it was in my heart, it was in my gut. And it was screaming at me, you don't belong here. You don't belong here. And I told my wife about it and she's like, okay, like, okay, like this is a big deal. I've never left this town. Like all my family's here. Like they're going to give us a lot of grief for moving. Like this is going to, This it's not just going to be an easy thing. Like you, you grew up with a, with a backpack hitchhiking to Alaska year after year in and out of prison. Like this is nothing for you. This is a big deal for me and my family. Okay. And there was some apprehension for her. There was some fear. I'm going to call it what it is. And, uh, I said, all right, well, look, you know, it's not like I'm trying to take you somewhere specific or whatever. I'm just, I just know we're not supposed to be here. And and I said, what would, what would make it more plausible for you, you know, as my wife and the mother of our kids, if we're going to do this, what would make it more palatable, you know, plausible for you to, to go on this journey with me and get out of this town and like start a new life, or at least just or at least just go somewhere and see what happens, you know?" And she said, all right. She said three things, somewhere where it's warm, somewhere near a large city, but not in the large city, and somewhere by the beach, by the ocean. And I said, okay, all right. And she said, what do you need out of this, (laughs) this transaction here? I said, well, I need to be able to work, and that's pretty much it, right? Like, I just need to be able to make a decent wage. And that ship had sailed in Colorado right after the recession and the downturn in 08 and 09 and all that. And that quiet little town has never recovered, unfortunately. Uh, Unless you own a pot shop, then you're doing really well. So anyway, I won't chase that rabbit, but... um, oddly enough the oil field was slamming and jamming down in south texas and i made a couple phone calls and got myself a job in the oil field in south texas and man all the dots connected and lined up and we were two hours from corpus christi right on the beach we were 35 minutes from san antonio the big city and on christmas morning it was 85 degrees out and i got pictures of my kids outside and you know, in their diapers and stuff on Christmas morning at eighty-five degrees. So like all her three needs were met. My one need to, you know, to to be able to work in the old field was met and it was all put together. But did you know that when we agreed to do it because all those dominoes had lined up perfect, that I loaded up my truck and I went down there first, because I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go down there first. I'm gonna give this job a couple of weeks and make sure it's the right fit and that we didn't miss anything. While I'm down there, I'll find a place. And I had gotten six hours out of town. Um I was I was almost to Amarillo coming out of Southwest Colorado and uh, my wife texted me and she's like, you got to come home. Like, I I can't do this. Like there was so much apprehension and fear. And I think there was a little pushback from people in her family, but we love those people and we get it and we're not holding any grudges or nothing. It's tough, man. It's tough to, you know, be around people all the time and then they, they pack up and they move away. I get it. You know, But it was time for my wife and I to get out and find ourselves. And as we said earlier, rebrand, I guess, or transition ourselves and figure out kind of who we are and what we were doing. And yeah, it ended up being a great year, man. And I mean, the best barbecue in the world is in South Texas. I mean, award-winning barbecue. The Jalisco Mexican food at the taco stands is just bad to the bone. Um, southern hospitality exists there, you know, like um people are kind to each other, and and the old field was booming and we made money and we had a nice place, and it was a good season, and it was a good season for our family to just work on the five members of the family. And uh, but my wife was terrified. And if we would have let that fear like stop us from going, we wouldn't have been able to experience. All the blessings that came from that trip while we lived down in Texas and sometimes you have to steer fear in the face and just be like no like there's no reason why I can't take this risk and I think one of the reasons that that fear like fear like freezes us up like it immobilizes us is it it is because we don't want to risk the failure right what if we go to Texas and it doesn't work out What if I quit this cushy job and take this other job and it doesn't work out, right? How many times in your life have things not worked out and you've had to start over? I mean, was it, um, I mean, was there no recovery from it? All right, guys. Now, on this episode, I can do this. I won't be able to do this when I have a guest, but on this episode, I'll be able to do this. I'm actually going to yell at my family because they're all listening to devices right outside the door. Hey, you people, I'm trying to podcast in here. Uh huh. So, getting after folks, bringing the whoop down. Hold on a second here. Let me, we're just hitting the 30 mark. Let me do another one. Yeah, these people ain't, they ain't used to me being home. That's why they just mill around like that. But anyway, listen, man, like I have fallen on my face so many times, man. Like, I'm not afraid to try new things because what, what might happen, bro? Maybe it does work out. Maybe you meet someone that changes your life. Maybe you learn a trade because you switch jobs. Maybe, you know, like you get away from some real toxic garbage where you're at and get around some positive people. Like who knows what could happen? Maybe you start making more money. Like maybe there's a season of your life where it's just restful and peaceful. And there's no stress, like, we have to be willing to not let fear cause us, stifle us, to take advantage of opportunities to have a better quality of life, right? I won't, I'm not going to camp there for too long. These are really just like recap moments, but we also talked about guilt, and it's a big one for me, right? And I think, and I think it's because I'm, I think it's because I'm sensitive, bro. Mm Like. <laughs> not like that guy gets his feelings hurt easy. Cause he's too sensitive. Like not that kind of thing. Like, um, like I'm sensitive to right and wrong. Like I know what right and wrong is. And when I either intentionally or impulsively, now some people would think that's the same thing, but it's, but the rest of us know that they're completely two different things. Impulsiveness and intentionality are two different things. Right. Um. But whether I intentionally do something wrong or impulsively do something wrong or that I know isn't right, there, there's, 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 there's a twinge of guilt and remorse and regret and sometimes shame and all of these different things. And if I'm not careful, man, those, those things can really be a negative tool to, like, push my face back into the dirt. You know what I mean? Like, look what you've done. Look what you've done again and again. How dare you think you're somebody? How dare you think you're going to ever succeed in life? And how dare you think you belong at this table, right? Like you belong over there at that table. You know what I mean? With the kids that aren't wearing any shoes because they're nobody, you know? And guilt can really, really, really uh, immobilize some of us if we're not careful but if we can just allow the twinge of guilt, remorse, just be a guiding light for us to make better decisions next time. Because as I spoke about in one of the podcasts, actually the one on the one on shame, the quiet killer of men, that guilt is actually at face value, at base value. It's a good thing, right? It's, it's, it's the conscience of man pricking the heart of man for his misdeeds and causing emotional discomfort so that that man later on will hopefully weigh out the pain of the emotional discomfort against the pleasure of the misdeed being done or getting ready to be done and be able to find some uh, some ammunition to, to avoid pain and make a better choice. It's just when we let it overtake us and turn into condemnation that's when it can knock us down. We talked about anger and uh, this one isn't really a big one for me. Like I'm, I'm kind of a happy go lucky guy. Like um, I tolerate probably a lot more than I should until it blows over. And, uh, but even then, man, I'm in my forties, man. Testosterone is going down and like, I pick the real, I, I wait for the serious stuff, right. To blow up. But there's some people out there, man, that anger's an issue for them. And if you're not careful and it can get you in a lot of trouble and it can and I can totally see how anger uh, would just make someone just psychologically and and emotionally like a boiling pot, always boiling over, right? You ever been trying to cook oatmeal on the stove and you turn your back long enough and, and the water boiled out, and, you know, you got oatmeal now, and water all over the stove. And it's a big old mess, like to be constantly stuck in a place like that of dissatisfaction. You know, that's why people are angry, because they're dissatisfied with themselves, they're dissatisfied with their lives, they're dissatisfied with other people, they're dissatisfied with their circumstances, and they let it take them to a place of boiling over and frustration that can really cause a lot of problems for them in their life, and we got to learn how to chill. You know what I mean? Like, grab another brownie, bro. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) i'm totally kidding no stay away from, stay away from the brownies bro they'll take your motivation and your ambition away <laughs> moving on man. we talked about self-sabotage and uh yeah man like this is this this one also i touch on in the apex masculinity book self-sabotage but i actually go into um I actually go into some in, into some detail as to how that happens right okay now i'm pulling up my phone here cuz i'm going to i want to read i want to read a portion um, of the book to you on self sabotage okay going into da-da-da-da-da-da. we need to pinpoint from our past origins all right okay here we go i'm going to read a passage here If I got to start another one, this will be the longest Apex masculinity episode that we ever do. But self-ignorance is your greatest enemy on this campaign of becoming the most elite and successful version of yourself. Others may disagree and say that self-sabotage or self-limiting belief systems are your worst enemy. I would have those people answer me this one question. Why do you self-sabotage? why do you even have a system of self-limiting beliefs the first question should never be how do we stop self-sabotage but rather why do we self-sabotage or better yet what did we experience in life past that initiated the pattern of reoccurring self-sabotaging behavior that continually keeps us stuck in bottom shelf substandard living why do so many people as soon as they start seeing some basic and limited success, pull the pin on a hand grenade and toss it into their own life. If we can discover what traumatic events from our past are the first cause or inception of our self-sabotaging mindset, then we can put laser focus on healing those breaks in the neural programming, just like the fiber optic repairman for the cable company will dig up, expose, and re-splice damaged wires So that there is no longer any disruption of service to the client we also need to be able to pinpoint from our past the origins of why our minds work as they do we need to pinpoint what traumatic event or series of events took place in our childhood or adolescence that caused the initial break in the fiber optic cables of our mind that keep causing a disruption in service to us seriously though have you ever wondered why that beautiful woman whose kindness and loyalty are unmatched, will repeatedly choose bottom-of-the-barrel lowlife and abusive tyrants to share herself with. A woman who, if she just had a simple paradigm shift in how she saw herself and the world around her, would realize that she's putting her health and overall happiness in jeopardy unnecessarily. What type of psychological malfunctioning is occurring in her brain that causes her to believe with every part of her being that she is worthless, and therefore does not deserve the highest and best standard of man that exists in the world. What causes her to not only accept substandard men, but to attract and prefer them? When the relationship ends, and it usually does, and she's finally free, everyone in her life who cares for her rejoices and breathes a sigh of relief before cringing in horror, as they watch her, not too long after, go right back to the same jerk, or another one just as rotten as the last. Why does she do this? Even when she has been made aware of the behavior, she still almost uncontrollably, uncontrollably gravitates back to the same choice. Why is she unable to believe that there isn't any reason why she can't have an amazing life, enjoy a wonderful relationship with a kind, compassionate man who will work his ass off to provide an amazing life for her and her children? What about the man who sobers up? gets a great job, meets a great girl, and finally starts gaining some financial headway before relapsing and losing that good job by spinning off for a week or cheating on that girl and losing her or getting some high-end credit cards and drowning himself in high interest debt. He'll usually spend six months to a year rebuilding what he tore down, get caught up, and just before he starts hitting a certain level of success, he will tragically And with certain dependability commit a behavior that begins the process of tearing down everything that he's worked so hard to achieve all over again almost as if he enjoys rebuilding more than he enjoys steady uniform levels of success almost like the universe itself has placed a cap on the level of success that he is allowed to achieve and if he comes anywhere close to that boundary The internal mechanisms in the hardwire of his brain initiate the self-destruct program. The reality is they both have subconsciously placed a cap and a standard on themselves, and they don't even realize that whatever it was from their past that they suffered through, it has now taken ownership of the internal programming to the extent that it now controls the emotional, thought, speech, belief, and action process section of their brain. The way they see themselves and their worth now determines the reality they create for themselves. Because they see themselves as worthless and not deserving of love, respect, or success, they actually struggle to be comfortable when they start seeing love, respect, and success come into their life. To the point where they subconsciously create for themselves tragic conditions So that they can be comfortable with not only what they are used to, but what they subconsciously agree is what they are allowed to have. This is self-sabotage defined, guys. And uh, it's all in your mind, bro. It's all in the way you see yourself. Self-sabotage for me and you know, if there's someone else out there that has a different take on it, man, please shoot me an email and let me know, apexmasculinity.com. And you can go on there. And I think I even have my personal email posted, or I, I I also have my phone number. Please feel free to reach out and text me if you want. Please let me know who you are. So I don't think I'm getting spammed by somebody from Bangladesh that wants to sell me something that I don't need or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but self-sabotage for me is clearly defined in the sense that you and I both see ourselves a certain way. We see what the cap is for the level of success that we believe we deserve, okay? And you can't see past that cap. Because something in you at the subconscious level tells you You are only worth this level of success. And when you and I get too close to that boundary where we are going to surpass that level of success into an arena of success, like the heavens beyond the heaven, so to speak, a realm that we've never been to, a realm that we certainly don't believe we're allowed to be in, but we have gotten successful enough to where we are starting to encroach on the ceiling of the arena that we're in now but because we don't believe we deserve or we're worth the ability to be in the next level of success something in the subconscious of our mind freaks out because the subconscious likes stability it likes predictability it likes comfort and ease and something new, like a new level of success, oftentimes has new, uh, new obligations, new responsibilities, but also new roadblocks, right? New things to overcome, new challenges, right? And the brain's like, nah, dude, like we just got this level figured out. Why are you trying to take us up there, right? But the apex man inside you wants to go to the place where you're past the roof, right? And I want to see you get there. But the problem is we hit that ceiling and we're like, you know what, man, this isn't me. I can't see myself in that next level. So I got to pull the pin on a hand grenade and do something tragic to bring myself right back to the bottom of the level I'm at now so that I can, you know, at least rebuild what I tore down and stay in this arena that I'm comfortable with and that I know. And usually it'll be a divorce or a relationship that didn't work out or a job that was lost or a promotion that someone else got because you know we we didn't we weren't able to see ourselves functioning in that role a financial loss like all kinds of different things like going back to this guy that I was talking with at work you know like <clears throat> he's got a financial a financial opportunity that is quite honestly being handed to him that could change his life basically and it's it's an amount of money that that he's never seen before in his life, and we actually talked about this the other day at work and he said it's 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 making him nervous, you know it's kind of like a like um like an inheritance type settlement type you know just you know like a lottery type kind of thing where where you just come in some money. I won't say what it's for, how he got it or why or why it's coming or anything like that. But from a guy that's, you know, struggled with self-esteem and self-worth and self-image to be handed a a check with an amount of money like this on it and not be like mentally prepared to like go into that next arena, it's making him nervous. And he's starting to pull a pin on the hand grenade and get, and, and he's gotten himself into trouble with alcohol recently, uh, specifically. And since I'm not mentioning the guy's name, I think I'm okay, but, um, you know, just, just with the police and alcohol and different things like that. And I'm like, I'm like, bro, like you're on the cusp of something amazing, like life changing, bro. Why are you doing this? And I was able to sit down with him and talk to him about why he's not comfortable with the idea that he's fixing to go into a new arena in life. Self-sabotage, either stay in your comfort zone and slowly begin to work on chiseling into that next level. Or barrel through that ceiling full bore. But you we've got to convince ourselves that we deserve it. And that it's ours. And, you know, any, any promotion that you take in life, whether it's a job or you just move up, you know, like you become a homeowner or whatever. There are challenges with that, man. You know, like, you, you know, you're not renting anymore. Something breaks, they come and fix it. You know, you buy a home, it's on you. You know what I mean, and like furnaces and like water heaters are like several thousand dollars. You know, you know, you you get a new promotion at work, and it's a job that you're kind of familiar with, but there are aspects to the job that you have no idea how to do. And if you're not careful, you can talk yourself out of doing something beneficial that will, yes, absolutely stretch you and stress you a little bit. But there's a learning curve, man, and you got to be gracious with yourself for that. We talked about laziness. And, uh, you know, I, I think for me, it's really easy to come home from work and know that there's stuff that needs to be done around this house. But I, and I had, and guys, I had to be honest with myself when I was talking to myself this morning about this, cause I'm going over these notes and I'm like, do any of these really affect me? Anger isn't really one of them. I can say that with a straight face, self-sabotage, um, guilt. Yes. But fear, nah, not so much. You know, like anger, not so much. But laziness, and eh, I, am gonna be honest here. You know, like I come home from work and and uh, you know, old pecker would be tired. You know what I mean? Like I've been work, I've been working out in the field all day, right? And I know there's stuff that needs to get done around here. And um, yeah, please forgive me for that. We're just, uh, we're just hanging out today. But I, I had to ask myself, is it because there's no glory in it? right at work there's glory you know your employee your fellow employees know that's the guy that's going to get this job completed your boss knows yep that's the guy i can put on these specific jobs you know because it's going to get done like he can manage a crew of guys and equipment and like see a task through to completion and have uh communicative interactions with high-level clients. I mean, we went and did a job for ConocoPhillips Phillips the other day. Like it was kind of was kind of a big deal, you know. Uh, but I get home and there's just like a bunch of snotty nosed kids like running around the house. Like there's no glory in coming home and not being or being a hard worker, you know, but uh laziness, uh man, what's the cause? You know, like there are things that I know I need to do, even with the Apex Masculinity brand. And I, man, I don't, I, I, I'm afraid to say it's laziness guys. I really am because that would kind of hurt, you know, it'd be like poking myself, poking myself with a stick, you know, but I think we got to manage our time, right? I think we need to have clear, clear cut and precise plans on what it is we need to do and where we want to take something. Because when you don't have a clear cut plan, it's easy to be lazy, because nobody knows what the hell we're doing anyway. where. The, where are we going? What are we doing? You know, like nobody knows what's going on. Well, I'm just going to sit here until you guys figure it out kind of a thing. But once you have a clear cut path through the weeds, you know, and steps to get there, I think it makes it easier to not be lazy. Direction, leadership, focus, an outcome, steps, like so that you can measure the success of what it is you're trying to do envy is another one we talked about and uh yeah one of my other podcast um guys that I listened to Ryan Stuman over at rewire podcast if you guys haven't checked him out man it's pretty good man it's um lately they've been really good I, I think he's kind of going into a season where he's like getting kind of more like on the emotional side and like the psychological and emotional side of things and and they've been really good but he was talking about not being jealous or envious of other people when they get uh, you know a promotion or get a higher quality of life or they break through some barrier and start making you know seven eight nine ten figures rather than be envious just see that as them clearly showing that it can be done like they're paving the way like they're showing people hey we can do this you can do this i've done this and rather than be envious at someone because they got a promotion or they met the woman of their dreams, or they just bought a nice house, or they fill in the blank, rather than be envious because they have it, realize that they're just giving you proof that you can get it too. Because what's been done can be done again, right? And the last one we talked about was lack of focus. And I think this is another thing. We can get stretched so thin That we just can't focus on any of it. And we live in a highly distracted time in society these days. And um, and I tell you what, like, you have to turn all the distractions off. Those quiet morning hours are a really good time to focus. And have a pen and have a paper and kind of sit down and figure out what it is you're trying to achieve. And really write things out. You know what I mean? Even on the mundane things, like just simple tasks, you have to kind of like be able to, I know women struggle with this, but guys, not so much, but like to be able to not think about a hundred different things at one time. You know what I mean? To focus on the task at hand on just the next step so that things are being done correctly. Focus on yourself, you know, like where are you trying to get as a man? All right, now listen, this is that, this is that, um, and obviously doing the work, being willing to do the work. I'm not even going to go into the core values thing because that was, that was kind of my thing, and I'm really going to keep this, uh, keep this to about what I got out of the guests, what I got out of the. But, but hold on a minute though. All right, it's Thanksgiving and I smell bacon upstairs, so I'm going to stop this one and I'm just going to go investigate. I promise I won't misbehave, but I'm, I'm, I'm smelling bacon, so I'm going to go upstairs and and make sure these knuckleheads aren't eating without me. I'm going to pause this one and we'll come back and we'll finish our recap. All right, guys, we're back. Yep, they did have bacon and yes, they did me right. They held out and I got to enjoy breakfast with my family for once in a long time on this Thanksgiving morning. We got that out of the way and I figured I'd jump back down here and finish off this recap episode for you guys. Um, moving on to the next guest that we had and the rest of these I'm going to try to move through a little quicker because I just realized that I'm coming up on a two hour long podcast here, but... Um, I got to visit with Miss Candace Smiley about how she went through and leveraged an unexpected setback or tragedy that she had in her life that kind of threw her life completely off the planned trajectory that she had for her life. If you guys remember that, she was on the worship team at church and she had plans that she was going to marry a pastor and be a pastor's wife and uh, be involved in ministry in in more of a church setting capacity and um just kind of as we said had an unexpected um tragic situation happen in her life that took her off that trajectory and there were um, several years where she had to kind of work through that and walk through that and learn about herself and learn about others and learn about the world and uh, go through the process of setting up boundaries and um, seeing a therapist and getting help and getting answers and working on herself and dealing with the monkey voices, as she said in that episode, and get herself to a place where um, she's now still having great impact and has her own podcast and her own blog and her own e-commerce business and uh, is 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 a young woman entrepreneur, like, getting out there and, and, uh, you know doing her thing crushing it life she's got a family she's got younglands and really just kind of making a name for herself and and still having impact where she's like reaching into women's lives and speaking and sharing her story and not letting the tragedy that happened to her you know years before just keep her in this place of stuck where you know the dreams and ambitions that she thought she had for herself were now gone but really um you know just Being open to them still coming around, but just looking a little different than she originally thought they would. And I'm excited that she dug deep. I'm excited that she um, reached out to be on the show. I was able to be on her show as well. That was kind of cool. That was a first time for me being a guest on the uh, Create the Ripple podcast. If you haven't had a chance to check that out, hop over there and check that out and check out what she's doing and stuff. Um, but it was a good time it was a good opportunity to be able to network with people and it built an amazing show for the audience the next guest that we had on the podcast was miss sylvie and uh yeah this lady was fun man she uh and and of course at this point this is my second canadian that i've had on the show and i'm wondering if canadians are more into podcasting than american are, because i've actually had three canadians <laughs> three canadians on my show um as opposed to anyone else but um yeah she was a hoot it was so fun to talk to her you know talked about growing up and i guess you would say not necessarily an overly traumatic childhood but you know a nominal childhood but she said she definitely felt there was a complete lack of connection in the home growing up and it caused her to you know you know dibble and dabble a little bit into some things that she that she knew she shouldn't have and You know, she told great stories about wrecking her father's car when she was young and and uh, how she ultimately got into sports and sports actually kind of became a a, athleticism and sports was probably a saving grace for her to not completely nosedive into other things that would have been way worse. But she she also touched my heart by telling that story where she was sitting on the balcony of her apartment. And, you know, a couple bad relationships that didn't work out and stuck in one, currently stuck in one that wasn't working out and kind of having this wake up moment where she's, you know, rethinking the last few years of her life. And while she's on the balcony of of her her patio balcony of her porch on her apartment, she looks across the courtyard there and sees some old guy in a wife beater smoking a cigarette, completely overweight sitting on his patio balcony right smoking a cigarette doing his thing and she's like wow like that's that's where i'm going to be (laughs) i'm gonna be that guy right in you know two years five years ten years completely irreversibly stuck sitting on my patio with a beer belly and a wife beater and a five-day beard smoking cigarettes if i don't get my act together and actually rose up and had the courage to completely end the relationship that she had been in because it was toxic and it wasn't taking her anywhere. It wasn't serving her any longer and completely move across. I don't know if it was the town or the country or whatever, but to another place in Canada and, and not only move away, but put herself back in college, get some degrees under her belt, get a season of wins and victories under her belt, land a couple jobs as a result of that degree that she went back to school to get, you know, made some money, got herself set up, and ultimately started her own cycle fit business where, you know, she does uh, an online, like a cycling club, and she had like a a brick and mortar cycling uh, exercise fitness shop too, and, you know, just kind of went off in that arena to really find her niche and find a way to make money doing something that she loves, which is cycling and fitness. And it was a great episode. The next episode that we had, again, moving quicker here, um, <clears throat> was with Lucia Dominicia And she's a life coach in Romania. And man, that was a real fun conversation too, that I went into kind of, you know, nervous about. <clears throat> Not so much the language barrier because the woman spoke really good English, but I was kind of nervous like certain phrases or like euphemisms that we use over here, you know, or just even just day-to-day experiences like when I was telling her about how I drive a semi, like I don't even know if they have like CDL semi trucks over there or whatnot, but I was worried there might be some, you know, issues with the language barrier, but it ended up being a great episode. and. One of the key things that she spoke, which is a quote that she had heard somewhere that spoke volumes to me was make your vision so clear that your fears become irrelevant. And wow, that was an amazing piece of advice because we can kind of have these out there, open ended, vague. I think I want to go this way. This is kind of what I'm looking for in my future kind of dreams, but it's not locked in and solid to a point where, um, it gives you it's so solid and so clearly locked in as a goal that it gives you the motivation like you're staring at the red ribbon coming up the finish line kind of a thing you know and when that's not there i think we can wander a bit i think we can let fears get in the way i think we can let obstacles distract us i think a lot of things can uh, be like the force of average as ryan says or you know, kind of take us away from being hyper-focused on accomplishing our goals. But Lucia gave us permission to dream big dreams and told us that it's okay even as an adult to dream, that we don't have to give up on our dreams and we don't have to give up on pursuing those dreams and ambitions. Lucia Dominica also shared with us that, and this one was really, this one was really an eye-opener too, guys, for me, was when she said that being stuck is not bad like when you feel stuck oftentimes we just want to get out of this place of feeling stuck like i feel stuck and i want out of this and she said no, no 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 in that moment being stuck is almost like being your friend because what it's doing is it's giving you a clue on what that one thing is that you need to hyper focus on and heal before you go on to the next thing in your life. And of course, I added that it would be a good idea to get it fixed before you went on to the next thing. So that when you get to the next thing, the previous thing that you didn't deal with doesn't explode in your life, in your lap. Right. But she helped me to see being stuck as not this terrible thing that's slowing me down and like keeping me from getting where I want to be. But it's actually a time to slow down and analyze why you're stuck and take that clue and let it be the clue that lets you go a layer deeper to see inward into yourself to see what you need to stop and fix. Like, what do you need to fix? What's hanging you up right now? Kind of what's dragging you back? What's that thing in your life right now that makes you feel stuck? You know what I mean? Are you smoking? And you're like really doing well. You're starting to get ahead. You're, you know, you got your your bills are paid. You paid your car off. Relationships doing well. You're dating your wife. You guys like in a spot where you can say your marriage has never been better, kind of moving up in your career, like financially things are doing well, but you've been trying to quit smoking like on and off for the last couple years. And it's really starting to weigh heavy on you to the point where you feel stuck by it you feel trapped by it because you know it's robbing you you know of your health or it's robbing you of that feeling of accomplishment where you say i determined and i did like i determined i wasn't going to smoke and i didn't i don't smoke anymore you know you feel like you're being robbed of your self-discipline of your willpower rather than just get hung up in negativity over the fact that you're not winning in that area just let that clue cause you to hyper on what's holding you up and start working on that one thing. You know what I mean? <clears throat> we talked about gratitude and settling. We talked about registering progress. We talked about her goals board, her vision board that she has for herself we talk about the importance of registering progress so that we can see when we're when the needle is moving because when we can can we can when we can mark that when we can actually see that with our own eyes the needle of progress moving it gives us the courage to want to continue it gives us the bravery and the encouragement to want to continue in the process our next um interview guys was with John McLernan No, this one was fun, too, in the sense that it kind of if you wouldn't have known what we were fixing to talk about, you would have thought it would have been along the same trajectory of tragic situations and building an amazing life. But John McLernan was a uh, is a like a like a trauma eating and like a health fitness nutrition coach. um, Health and wellness guy. And I had a bunch of questions that I wanted to ask him as far as like. Uh, things that we never even got into, actually, like I wanted to talk to him about like testosterone levels and talk to him about cardiovascular stuff. And we got into a little bit of health and nutrition stuff, but he had some really great ideas that can actually be transferred across the board, not only with nutrition, but in other areas of your life, you know, like CMGs, for example, is what he talked about can't miss goals. And when, you, you know, you, 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 uh, you get up in the morning, and you have a cup of coffee. And as the caffeine hits your bloodstream, I don't know if you're this way, but I am. In that moment, I'm king of the mountain, right? I have all these ideas and these goals and these ambitions. And in that moment, they are absolutely right and the perfect thing and the thing that I need to be doing. And I write them down. And this is who I am. And these are my core values. And as long as I'm doing these things, I am being an accomplished success in life. Right. So it's like, like you've heard me rant about before I get up, uh, some mornings I'll have like a very small scoop of my nitrous powder, like my pre-workout supplement just to kind of get my blood vessels open and get my heart moving. And, and, and I'll, and what I'm doing is I'm, I'm basically exchanging that for the cup of coffee. Like I'll skip the coffee that morning and just have the pre-workout supplement. And then I'll go do my run and I'll either I'll either slam the green smoothie before or after I get back from the run and then go do my 20 minute run, hit a cold shower, get dressed for work, and before I even leave the house man, I've got three or four things that I've knocked out that a couple years ago were like no, there's no way. Like I'm not doing those things, you know. But what I'm doing is I'm trying to train myself that I can I can accomplish the goals that I set for myself even if they're just little ones, but there are some mornings where, you know, like we'll get in from work at eight or nine o'clock the night before, and then we got to be at work at, you know, five, six, seven o'clock the next morning, and it's, and it's, uh, it's, it's get some rest and out the door the next morning, and I don't get to run, or I don't get to have my shakes, and you know, I can hear the voice of Jocko Willink right now telling me, fuck your excuses, you know, and uh, you get up anyway, you know, get up anyway, and you know, drink your green smoothie and go on your own. I don't care if you've had four hours. Like, I hear, the, I hear the Navy SEAL voice yelling in the background, you know, like, we don't care about what you need. We... <laughs> All, just win, whatever it takes to win, you know? Like, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, but this is like, it's not a, you know, two-month boot camp or whatever. Like, this is the rest of my life. Like, for the rest of my life, I would like to get up, have a green smoothie, Go on a go on a go on a twenty minute jog. Come home and 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 hit the weights. You know, sit down, do some meditation, some scripture reading. That's what I would enjoy doing, and uh, work a little bit on my on on my website or my podcast stuff. Um, there's a second book already in the fire. that's already been kicked off. Page one is already written, and you know there's stuff that I want to do, but I feel like you know, obviously, I'm not gonna just write down 15 things that I absolutely have to do every morning or if I don't do them I'm a horrible person and I have no willpower because I didn't do them but he was talking about CMGs where you know maybe you don't get the time you need to make the full 20 minute run so you just get up and you put your, your running shoes on and you go around the block for five minutes or you didn't have time or you know you ran out of groceries midweek or whatever so you can't have the green smoothie so you um So you get your little uh, vitamin, nutrient, you know, uh, pre-mixed powder, you know, I can't remember what he called it, cytogreens is what he called it. You just pour it in water, stir, and go kind of a thing. And at least you're doing that, you know, and you have a baseline where your goals are met, you know. Like you're writing a book, all right, you got to be at work in 15 minutes, get up and write a sentence. You want to run, you got to be at work in 15 minutes, get up and go around the block. You know and that way you're establishing the habit within your mind like mentally establishing the habit of accomplishing this goal and it gets easier and easier to do them as you go because we also talked about how you know like i'll start these i don't want to call them lofty i mean running every morning for 20 minutes shouldn't be a lofty thing Um, but i'll get started with something like that and then work schedules change or um you get sick or whatever the case may be and it's almost like everything's paused for three days four days seven days ten days or whatever and then you're like okay all right that whatever tragic situation or you know situation is over and i'm ready to get back on my routine again because it's important to me and it's like trying to get a train going uphill started all over again, you know, and it just takes forever and different things, tactics and strategies we can do to win. And he was talking about tying emotionally, uh, what's the word he used there? Um, Tying compelling, emotionally compelling reasons for good habits. So like, or to get away from negative habits, you know, not just, I don't want to eat garbage anymore, because I know it's wrong. But Like an emotionally good reason would be because I want to be around to watch my daughters get married. Like I want to be there to see them, to walk them across the aisle so they can get married. So that's why I'm not going to smoke anymore. That's why I'm not going to, you know, binge eat and eat junk food or drink or do drugs or whatever anymore. By finding an emotionally compelling reason that touches you in a way to where it becomes more than just an idea or a desire, you know, because... Emotion is the stronger part. I think emotion is stronger than reason. Honestly, you know that's why people run into burning buildings to try to save people, right? You know that's why you know, uh, you, know you know mom will stand in front of her kids when there's a gun being pulled because emotion is more powerful than reason. And if we can atti- if we can tie emotionally compelling reasons to do the right thing and stay away from the wrong thing, I think it will help us. He also talked about tracking practice or tracking progress, sorry. And, and, you know, kind of being patient for the duration of whatever it is you're trying to do. And yeah, man, if you're looking for anybody with, you know, anybody to help you in the, in the region of, uh, in the, in the arena of health and nutrition and fitness, I would encourage you to reach out to John McLernan, uh, track that episode down that me and him did and give it a listen uh, he seems like the kind of down to earth guy that you could really just be honest with, you know, and talk to about, you know, whatever health, fitness, nutrition, trauma, eating issues that you have. And he's really going to figure out a way, help you figure out a way. Cause I remember he said in his podcast that he doesn't fix people. He empowers people to fix themselves, which is what a coach should do. But he really seems like the kind of guy that, that, that you can just, that you can just level and connect with in a way to where, you can be, you can feel like you can be transparent and really not hide anything and, and really get the full, the full service and attention that you would from a coach in that arena. <clears throat> the next episode podcast episode we had was with my good buddy, Mike Bogie, one of my fellow employees here at in the oil fields of North Dakota guy drug his family up and him and his wife. And I think they got four or five kids and you know loaded their wagon just like the rest of us did and took the Oregon trail and yada yada whatnot and made his way out to North Dakota to uh to 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 get on it man you know and make some money for himself and change his family tree and he's doing just that you know got got himself involved in a good real estate decision that he made a while back and that's panning out for him really well and you know learning and developing his craft and his trade but we were, but oddly enough we weren't even talking about anything like that probably one of the more uh gosh i don't even want to say it like this because it's gonna it's gonna sound like i'm dissing the interview which i'm totally not but one of those things that you would not consider to be such a masculine topic you know like how to develop and connect and have deeper and more meaningful relationships with people doesn't kind of seem like a very masculine thing, but it absolutely is in every way in the sense that like I, a lot of us are just tired of the facade, you know, like, I'm just, I'm tired of shallow and, and, you know, meaningless, meaningless interactions with people, you know, like when you get to a certain point in your life where you want friends, you want people that you can be real with that, that they can be real with you. Uh, you know, that, Uh, They're not going to trample on your pearls, so to speak. And they know that you're not going to, you know, broadcast their name and all their junk out there to the world and all of that stuff. But, you know, there's a sense of trust or whatever, I guess. And um, it's a good thing. And I feel like in America, we are so busy and so distracted where everything is superficial, where everything is superficial. And in an age um, of superficialism, and disingenuism and shallowness like it's good for men to have you know anywhere from like three to six really really good friends in your life that you care about you know that you connect with and that are a safe place for you yeah so he was talking about like For people, and this whole thing started out for introverts, you know, guys that, like, actually struggle with, like, making friends and, and building connections and having those meaningful relationships. But after we talked, then it quickly turned into good all-around rules for life for everybody. So we talked about making sure that you get around people so that you have good canvas to, like, practice the art of being friendly and making friends and building relationships and making connections. And making sure that you're adding value in those conversations and relationships, and making sure that you're being selective with your words, and you know, not uh, not how did he how did he word it? <clears throat> little as little as much, you know, like being selective with what you say, um, and taking interest in the disinteresting. Like sometimes what people are into isn't really what 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 we're into, you know, and vice versa. And in order to like have a relationship and a connection with people, it kind of requires you to, uh, yep, it's Thanksgiving, guys. I'm feeling it for sure. <clears throat> but it requires you to, uh, you know, just take interest in people and in their interest, sometimes when it's not your main focal interest or your focal point of interest. But when you and I do that, oftentimes it turns the conversation or steers the conversation in a way that allows you to find some type of positive, interesting connection point for both of you, which only in turn fuels fire for, you know, developing the relationship. The last interview that we had last week was with um, Anthony Treas, who again, um, it was an honor to be able to do that podcast with him. And I had these, and I was so frustrated, but I, I hope you couldn't tell in my voice guys, but like, I was so frustrated. For the first time ever since I started doing these podcasts, man, I had like these serious IT issues where my microphone wasn't picking up, like my computer speakers weren't picking up his microphone, his speakers weren't picking up microphone, we just staring at each other on a Zoom call, trying to do like sign language with each other, and like I ultimately ended up having to do it on my phone, and there was no way for me to like record it on my phone, I don't know if it's because I didn't have the right update or whatever, but he ended up having to record it turn it into a file and send it back to me so that I could upload. It was just a nightmare. I was like, oh, this like I needed this to go perfect because I had a ton of questions about mindset, about confidence, about being proactive, about taking action. And I was able to ask a lot of those questions and whatnot and kind of get into his past. But I was actually rolling the dice on that interview when I asked him if he had a traumatic childhood or traumatic past. Because I haven't heard all of his podcasts, but I've listened to a few of them, and he was actually, you know, one of the few guys that I found in the beginning, like back in 2016, when I really started reaching out and looking for help with podcasts and and like I said, YouTube videos and books and stuff. I came across his and listened to him, but he none of the podcasts of his that I had ever listened to spoke about the child abuse and the child childhood trauma that him and his brother went through. And how that just totally made life hard for him as far as anxiety and depression. And he even talked about how it affected his ability to like finish school and like, you know, reach out to women for like relationship stuff and be comfortable in his own skin that way. And how like, here he is, you know, he's a grown man and like, he's trying to figure out how to build confidence and get somewhere in life. And He's got this, I don't want to call it baggage, but this, you know, trauma from his past. And how he got himself out of that was he started like setting not only little, but lofty goals for himself, right? So he joins the Marines. He goes to war. He moves through the ranks. You know, he's, and I'm sure, I'm sure he's, you know, totally being submissive to the authority that's above him. I mean, I'm sure he's playing the game right. Like he's doing the next right thing through all of this to like make himself a good man and a good soldier. He gets out, he's still dealing with PTSD and some anxiety from stuff that happened in his childhood. Now that's been compounded by his time in the war. And like, he's taking online classes because he's not ready to be in a room full of people just yet. But he finally says, look, I can't, this is like, I'm a man, like this isn't what we do. Like I have to, I have to get myself out of this situation Where i'm taking online classes and get myself in a brick and mortar school because otherwise like uh, i'm 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 like defying the purpose of what it is i'm trying to accomplish here right so he sets the next lofty goal of getting himself in a brick and mortar classroom and getting himself around people so he can kind of just work through and press through that ptsd and that anxiety and depression and stuff and he gets his degree then he gets another degree then he starts his podcast you know then he starts you know, his business entrepreneurship stuff that he's doing. And he didn't let the child abuse, the PTSD, the anxiety, the depression that started as an, as an early child growing up in a toxic home and that, you know, compounded with just the little things that we ha- interact with in life along the way. It didn't stop him or sideline him, but he learned how to turn it into fuel. Like he learned how to turn it into fuel to light a fire under his own ass to take himself to the next level and the next level and the next level. And you know what? The one thing I haven't been asking these guests that I have on my show is what do the next five years look like for you? Right. You gave us your story of where you came from and what you went through and you walked us through what you've built today. You know, as far as building your amazing life, leveraging your tragedies for your triumphs and building yourself an amazing life today. But what do the next five years look for you? And I'm sure every single one of them will tell you, man, I have lofty goals and dreams in front of me. And even so for myself, like I would tell you that for myself that I have lofty goals and dreams in front of me. And some of them are absolutely like, there's a part of me that says, that's like crazy, bro. There's no way that you could ever do that. But you know what? There's another part of me that's just naive enough, right? That's just naive enough just brave enough to say you know what why not why can't i stand on that stage and deliver a speech on mindset and personal growth and development that takes somebody even if just one person in that room that's living beneath their means and their potential and ca- and causes them to dig deep and pull out of some hellacious trauma And go on to find the love of their life, to get brave enough to get out there and start looking for love again and find the one or to go back to school and get that last certification or that last degree that they need to take themselves into a career launch that'll start earning them six figures annually and get them into a place where, you know, money's just money's not an issue. I mean, there's a certain there's a certain place in your career, guys. Where if you your relationship with money begins to change, you know and money isn't an issue anymore. you actually have you actually have more than enough. you don't have payments on things when you when you go to buy a car you just you just pay for it cash, you know like at that point in the game, the really the only thing that people are financing is their mortgage <clears throat> if that. You know, and it's not a matter of if we're going to go on vacation this year. It's a matter of are we brave enough to go further and stay a little longer? It's not are we going to have money next month, but it's more of what are we going to do with this excess money next month in a way that causes it to become an investment that will pay greater dividends in the long run in the future. The relationship with money begins to change and I want to see people get there. Like, I want to see myself continue to grow into that place where, you know, because time is money, bro. And it's time away from your family. I know. I know. They're called the investment years for a reason. And if we're not careful, we can get stuck there. And that's the danger. Because it's, it's we, we get comfortable with it. You know, we might bicker and complain about this old field. But it's real comfortable to be here in this place. But quite honestly, going back to dreams and goals, you know, the public speaking thing for the, for the purpose of being able to change someone's life, you know, and cause them to dig deep and just build for themselves an amazing life is I mean that'd be wonderful to write books on personal growth and de- on personal growth and development and do public speaking events um, but I've even considered getting into sales, you know like I would like and I've never done it before now I'm a salesman at my job right now not not officially titled a salesman but if I go out on a job site and I see and then we're doing work that we were hired to do and I see other work on that site that needs done, you can bet your ass I'm going to that company, man. And I'm going to talk with them like, hey, you know what? I noticed, you know, while we were doing this work that you hired us for, I noticed this work over here, or I know that you're in charge of these 10 locations out here. And on our way out this morning, I noticed on one of these other well pads that you are in charge of, that there was a problem here with X, Y, or Z or whatever. And we'd like to take care of that for you, if you don't mind. And more often than not, it works. Uh, just being a salesman in life. But sometimes, guys, I want to hang up the six-figure field salary and spend a year selling cars just to try it. Like, it's like this weird ambition thing that I have. Like, where I wear... Like, I I wear a a really nice pair of loafers. um, Like, the nice ones that you can't tell if they're slippers or they're really shoes, you know? Because they're almost like suede. And a pair of like khaki dockers, and a collared shirt, and a really nice watch, and haircut, slim and trim, dressed to the nines, um, and go to a place where I don't have to be there till eight or nine in the morning. And we get off at five or six at night, you know, we might rotate a Saturday with another sales guy. And it's like a nine-hour day, maybe a 10-hour day max. And it's based on what your ability to sell is. You know, it's like a commission thing where people are coming in. And if you believe in a product and believe that people need it and you connect people's needs to products that meet those needs, then you're doing a great service, man. And really just see how I would do in a full-time sales position. But I have this like serious apprehension of it, right? Because for me, like uh, my buddy Roy and I, we call ourselves mules. Son burros, he says. My buddy Roy Gomez, love him to death. Can't wait to see him when we go back to Colorado for Christmas break in a couple weeks. But he tells me that we're just the work mules, bro. (laughs) And I totally see myself at that job selling cars like being idle because there's no customers at the moment. And I'll, I got to get up and like sweep the floor or something just so it just so it looks like I'm being busy and doing something. But like I'm so ready for a nine to five job. And I know that there are a lot of guys out there that do really well in sales. And it just doesn't tax them physically or their family time. You know, it brings the balance that they that they want. And it's a craft that will have to be learned and developed. You know, I certainly wouldn't expect to jump in there and do six figures right away but just because of my ambitious nature you know i know that i'm the guy that's gonna buy a couple books on sales and i'm gonna watch a couple youtube videos on salesmanship and closing sales and different things like that and try to 10x my growth and my gain in that in that craft and get myself to a place where i'd be a really good salesman but um yeah guys you know i I just wanted to recap like the things we learned Um, And I guess to end it all, that last episode with Anthony was about the importance of building confidence and setting those lofty goals and those little goals in your life to help you push past, you know, the barriers of self-doubt and start hitting some goals. Because, you know, I spoke about that, like in my first couple of episodes that I did, that you have to build for yourself a proven track record of success. Of succeeding and achieving those goals because when you do that it boosts your confidence now when you come up against something you're not fear-filled because you've never won before and you don't know if you can but you are looking at that um how do i want to say this like an olympic athlete that's getting ready to make the jump of their life you know And they have a handful of epic fails where they tried to make that jump and fell flat on their face in their memory, but they've been doing it enough that they've also got another handful of great wins in their memory as well. And that is giving them the confidence to take the risk because they know on the other side of risk is a great reward. Guys, Thank you so much for the reviews. Thank you for the reviews on the book that you've left on Amazon. Thank you for the purchases of the book. If you know anybody that's doing time in prison right now, or that's in a sober living home or a halfway house or any kind of facility like that where maybe it's state mandated and they're on probation and they have to like complete like x amount of months or x amount of programs as part of their sentence or something like that i don't care if it's uh, state prison federal prison whatever i'm systematically mailing out copies of the book at my cost to prisons all over america in the english-speaking world and if you know anybody that's doing time that would benefit from this book please reach out at apexmasculinity.com and send me an email from there let me know who you are. My phone number is on there, guys. I'm really trying to make myself open and available to help with, you know, anything I can really. Man, if you just need someone to talk to or whatever, feel free to call me. Again, you guys know I'm in the old field right now, so I can't always take the call. But you're welcome to text me, too, and leave me your name and number. And when I get in the, when I get in, in the evenings, I'll reach out to you guys and make a connection. And we can chit-chat and just catch up. Um, But when you text me, let me know who you are and, you know, why, why you're texting me, you know, Hey, you know, I'm so-and-so I've been listening to your apex masculinity podcast, got your number off the website, wanted to reach out to you that way. I can kind of differentiate between the spam because I got all of these people bro, hitting me up. They're wanting to boost my podcast. You know, they're wanting to charge me to do podcast promotion, you know, all these different things with my book. And there's a lot of spam and garbage out there, but Um, I want to connect with you and I want to get this book into the hands of someone that you might know that needs it. So again, if you know anybody doing time in prison or whatever that would benefit from this book, let me know, Um, reach out with their name, their inmate number and the facility uh, address. And I'll get copies mailed off to them. And if you reach out within the next few days, you know, we might be able to get to them for Christmas for 2021, you know, and the book will be a great help to them. And yeah, man, just continue to listen and again, I'm not the big fish or whatever in the pond, but I'm in the pond, you know. And there's a lot of other really good podcasts out there. you know, if you're looking for help with your finances, Dave Ramsey's one to listen to. If you're looking for help with like mindset and um, confidence building, Ryan Stewman is, is, and his Rewire podcast is out there. And of course, that's funny because Ryan Stewman, um, actually seems to be kind of having an issue with Dave Ramsey right now. I think they have two opposing viewpoints concern, concerning money and, and whatnot, but I don't care. I, I really enjoy listening to both of them. Uh, Knowledge for Men, Andrew Faraby, is another great podcast. Andrew Faraby hasn't put anything out in a while, and I don't know why. Like, I'm really hoping he's okay, and, you know, like, I miss the sound of his voice. Like, I'm tired of listening to, listening to reruns. Of his podcast and i hope he starts the podcast back up again and starts having guests on um another great one to listen to that isn't so much personal growth and development but tim ferris has a lot of cool stuff out and you know they say and this is why i listen to his because i'll hear some really cool stuff you know about risk and courage and different things like that from time to time but he's not necessarily like selective to the personal growth and development genre. He just he's kind of out there. It's like a bunch of different things. But he had like the founder and owner of Spotify on his podcast recently. And I mean, he has world-class like he says world-class um entrepreneurs, business owners, athletes, all of that stuff. Like he's the real deal, like big time. But they say that you're the sum total of the five people that you hang out with most. And for me, when I'm stuck in a truck all day by myself, <laughs> that's the five people in my head, you know, the guy I'm trying to be, the guy I am, and the other three guys that are not good, that are toxic, right? So, <laughs> so I get, you know, it's not good to be stuck in your own head, but um, I will play podcasts that have like just really intelligent people on there sharing their stories and talking about business and finance and investments and stuff like that because it's just helping me grow and it's rubbing off on me and it's like i'm kind of assimilating that mentality that those guys have about seeing life in a different way you know and it's really helped me i'm trying to think of other ones oh dean graziosi is another great podcast to get into um man if i I had my phone i'd pull him up and i'd read you my library But Dean Graziosi does a lot of work with uh, Tony Robbins and they have some really good content out on mindset and courage and risk and uh, real estate and different things like that. And you really just need to get out there and find out what works for you. And plug in, man. Make it a part of your regiment. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be apex masculinity all the time. Like if this is the first podcast that you've ever listened to, man, let it be, let it be your branch, let it be your branch podcast, man, where you start reaching out and listening to other people and get yourself about five or six different personalities that you like in podcast land. And let those people influence you. You know, let them help you on your journey of becoming the better, more most elite version of yourself um the guy that the guy that you want to become the guy that you can look at yourself in the mirror and say you know what i'm not completely there but damn i am i am on the journey and i'm getting closer every day and i'm really liking what i'm seeing and uh yep so we're gonna have another um uh, this sunday i've got um warner uh, a gentleman by the name of warner is going to come on and we're going to talk about his book and uh, Lord willing, nothing happens, you know, like um, <clears throat> I had a, I had another podcast interview that I was working on last week and it just wasn't a good fit. Uh, obviously no, no names are necessary whatever, but um, I don't really know who it is I'm dealing with until we actually sit down and do the interview unless I really push for a, like a preliminary phone call, which I've really been kicking the idea around of doing That way I don't waste my time. I don't waste their time. I don't get somebody on that's got a story that's not really going to resonate with me or the audience or something like that. But this gentleman that I'm expecting to get on uh, this Sunday, um, he's published his first book. It's a book on uh, beating a pornography addiction, and he's got a great story. And I'm really excited to dive into his story and visit with him about how he overcame some challenges in his life. And yeah, guys, as the end of the year, as the end of the year gets closer to us, man, I want you to really be thinking about has this year, have you done this year what you what you wanted to do? You know, have you seen the growth that you wanted to see? You know, are, are you sitting down at the table with a pen and paper and are you writing out what next year is going to look like? Are you going to determine in your spirit that next year is going to go a certain way come hell or high water because you are committed to yourself into the direction that you want to head for yourself and your family. I hope that's the case. Guys, again, feel free to reach out anytime. Thanks for the reviews. Love yourself and sleep well at night. Thank you.